on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We bring you the latest OU football news, including Billy Bowman coming back for next season. What is Stutzman going to do? And DG is heading to Oregon. Then we talk some OU hoops and thunder in football guys talking basketball. And we give you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Sunday, December 10th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now recording this Sunday afternoon. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, how we doing, sir? Fantastic. Cannot complain. Uh, we got plenty of stuff happening out there to talk about. Oh, do we ever. Let's jump right into it. I don't even have time to tell you how the kids' Christmas party, the third annual kids' <laughs> Christmas party went where there was like 25 kids the age of three and under at our house added the bounce house this year on the patio huge hit big huge win hit. but love it there, we can't <laughs> go into the nitty-gritty details of the kids christmas party we must jump into ou football news and let's start here billy 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 bowman coming back announced that he will be returning for the 2024 season ted thank goodness Thank goodness. I, I, how important is it that they're going to have this guy back? Oh man, he's he's so good. He's he's probably one of the more undervalued players on the entire team, just because of all of the things that he does, and a lot of them show up in the box score. A lot of them don't show up in the box score. Just the experience on the back end the reliability, the durability that he provides, uh, smarts, physicality. He's done so much for his football team, and he gets better and better. And I think next year, which he he should have won the Thorpe Award this year, uh, or at least been a finalist, he's got a really good chance to win it next year. Uh, he's going to start the season off with a bunch of um, you know accolades, I'm assuming, Everyone's going to know who he is. 
And, you know, he's get, got a chance to test himself against the SEC. And I got to tell you, we need him. It would be a totally different ball game if we didn't have Billy Bowman going into the SEC next year. It feels like a very big deal for this defense that he's going to be back. And the the argument could be made that he's just he's flat out the best player on the football team. As the season progressed, it started feeling like that was more and more the case, especially when you factor in how reliable he was, right? Was healthy, played the entire season at an extremely high level, made huge plays in moments where they absolutely needed him to make plays. I think it gives the defense as a whole a a bigger sense of confidence not only going into this bowl game, but going into the offseason, going into the SEC next year. When you have a player of his caliber in the back end of the defense, well, it really doesn't matter where it's at, but certainly in the back end of the defense, it just makes everyone around you more confident. That's that's just how it works when you have one of those guys. And, and Billy Bowman is a, I mean, he is a first, second round type of type of guy. So I, I think it's not only the plays he'll be able to make, but just the the confidence that he infuses in the rest of the group. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's – the experience is critical. I mean, the, the kid's essentially been a starter since he showed up on campus. Um, you know, he's, he's had to play a bunch of different positions, different roles, but has really thrived in all of them. He's – I mean, he's so well-balanced as a football player, brings so much to the table. I mean, I just, I honestly, I, I, I don't know how we would be on the back end without him. Now, obviously guys always grow into those positions and gain experience, especially in the absence of someone else, whenever they're finally able to step up and, and have more put on their shoulders. But I don't know that we're ready for that right now, we got a bunch of really good young safeties and. I think one of the best aspects is having him back is going to help get the most out of those other players. No doubt about it. And he he is, he's grown a lot when you think about the leadership standpoint of things, just a naturally soft-spoken kind of quieter guy. Mm -hmm. And I think he's gotten more and more comfortable being vocal and, and stepping into that leadership role. It just happens. It just happens naturally when you're one of the best players on the football team. So the leadership piece and, and what he is going to be for this team through this offseason, it's going to be huge. Uh, anytime you can get a guy of that caliber back, it is, it's massive for your football team. Uh, the last thing I want to discuss with Billy is wh- where do you think he can improve the most? Like, is there an area of, of his play you saw this season where you're like, I think he still has a ways to go in that. Or are you looking at him as he's, he's pretty dang close to being a complete football player back at that safety spot. He's a complete player. Now I I expect another year of strength and conditioning, right? Put on a couple of pounds. Like he's, he's not going to be a guy that gains, you know, 10 or 12 pounds. You know, it's just going to be a very small incremental, you know, get a little bit bitter, uh, bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, um, all of those things. As a football player, 
I mean, he's he's a great tackler. He's he's a great cover guy. He's got great vision. He's got great anticipation. I would say, like honestly, I be more demanding of his teammates and get everyone closer to his level. I mean, you talked about the leadership part and, and kind of being more assertive. And I think it's something that's kind of unnatural for his personality. As you mentioned, he's kind of a quieter guy, which is fine. Um, but I, to me, that's, that's really it is get everyone else to your level, be more assertive, be more demanding of the guys around you. Cause I trust that he's going to do all the other things really well. I mean, I, I guess I would say like, you can never, you can never tackle good enough or you can never have good enough coverage skills. Right. I, I don't think he's lacking in any of those areas at all, but you know, if you can continue to work on your angles and physicality whenever you're tackling and and cover skills whenever you find yourself in one-on-one, that's always a bonus. But I, if there's anything that I could say that I, it's not even a shortcoming, it's just, you know, find a way to get the most out of the players around you as well. I mean, that's what happens whenever you become a leader, a, a guy that's played as much as he has that at that high of a level, you know, it's cooked in. We understand you're going to be great, but, you know, we're going to start to kind of grade you off of how is everyone else kind of under your uh, leadership? How do they perform? I mean, that's that's kind of the next step, I would guess. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a tremendous point. But obviously, huge news for Brent Venables, uh, for that defensive staff, for this entire football team that Billy Bowman will be back for OU's first season in the SEC. Now, while he will be back, Danny Stutzman won't. I, it's an interesting situation. So our buddies over at Soonerscoop.com reported that Danny Stutzman told Brent Venables and the staff that he's going to be entering the NFL draft. Venables was asked about it at the Alamo Bowl press conference and basically said, hey, I'm waiting to comment on that when Danny lets everyone know what he's going to be doing. Stutzman hasn't put anything out one way or the other. Ted, you and you and Danny Stutzman are close. What's going on? What do you think? Do you, Is he coming back? Does Bowman's decision change maybe the way that he was leaning? I, I don't know. I don't What's know. the situation, man? I don't know what the situation is. Um, you know, it's I I can't blame Stutzman one way or the other. If he goes to the NFL, I totally understand. Um, I think he can play at the next level. Um, if he stays, I totally understand. I think he's got plenty of stuff that that he could improve on, and I think he can improve improve his draft position. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into it. You know, he's he's a guy that's fought through some injury stuff. Is it is it worth it to to fight through another year and, and take some more physical abuse on the body? I mean, I, I can understand if he's if he's decided to make the the jump because of some of those things. Um, the weird thing is, is like, and I guess like he Sooner Scroop reported it, and a bunch of other people started to put it out there. It's kind of. I, it's not 
the Stutzman way of doing things, right? I would expect some like big dramatic unveiling. Now, maybe if you're leaving, you don't do that. You just kind of let things play out. I don't know, but it seems strange that I don't know when was that report has been reported for quite a while now, and we still haven't heard anything from him at all. Uh, it seems a little bit strange, but you know, I, one way or the other, I can't, I can't necessarily blame him, but I don't know what's going on. It seems weird. This is, this seems like this type of, uh, uh, uh I don't know, whenever you've got a bunch of attention, a bunch of people talking, it seems right up Stutzman's alley and he's maintained radio silence. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It doesn't add up. That's for sure. Right. With what we, for a guy that puts out videos where they're swinging around samurai swords, it it's awfully strange for him to just not say anything at this point in time. You think? Is it? He's not a quiet personality. Right. Is it out of the question that Stutzman would leak some disinformation only to have the dramatic I'm coming back effect later? No, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> well, I uh, I think this football team would definitely enjoy it if he and fan base if he came back for another year. But at the moment, I just don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll all find out together sometime soon. Maybe I, I don't know. It's strange. Wait, it's we have to know for sure at some point. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see him play in the in the bowl game, regardless. If he's going to the to the league, I'd love to see him play in the bowl game. Um, and I know he's he's been fighting through some stuff and probably wants to get really healthy for the NFL evaluation stuff. If that's the route he's going. So I get it, but man, we we could sure use him against Arizona. It's a good football team. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. So we'll see what happens with the entire Stutzman situation. But do want to congratulate both of those guys. Billy Bowman was named a first-team All-American by CBS Sports. Stutzman was named a second-team All-American by CBS Sports. And a second-team Walter Camp All-American. Ted, do we officially welcome him? To the wall. I, I I don't remember the rules. How many All American teams do you have to do you have to make to be on the wall? I I don't remember the guidelines, but you and I are on it, and you're on there I twice. Don't 
I think you have to be just a first team All American, right? So does Stutzman not qualify then? Because he was second team CBS and then second team Walter Camp. I don't think so. But then again, I don't know. I don't know the rules. I think it's first team. Well, then maybe I should remove the congratulations. Does that mean <laughs> Billy Bowman, first team CBS Sports? So we we believe Billy Bowman's going to be on there. But oh, this just in: uh, Danny Stutzman's first team Oklahoma breakdown All American. Put him on the wall. Welcome to the wall. <laughs> That's pretty good. But congrats to Billy. Maybe also congrats to Danny. It's it's pretty cool. Later in life. You you walk by that wall and you you can if you're with your kids you'll be like hey oh look at that look, look at that number I know that guy it's it it's Very a big cool. deal and you you don't realize how big of a deal it is until you start getting older and you have children that's where it it's cool so congrats to those guys I think more football news Tyler Guyton and Andrew Rame have both declared for the NFL draft. No surprise at all. I think that everyone has been well aware of some of the projections that have Tyler Guyton going in the first round of the NFL draft. And then Rame, he he almost left last year. You know, was getting some pretty positive feedback about where he would be drafted this time a year ago. Uh, chose to come back, uh, play another season, and stayed healthy. All year long, which had been, which had been a big issue for him. So, put some good stuff on tape. I'm really interested to see where he ends up getting drafted. But yeah, I, this is completely expected for both of these guys to be declaring for the NFL draft, and it really it makes you start wondering about what that offensive line is going to look like, not only for the bowl game but for next season. But happy for these guys. Uh, really, really hope that they kill it in the in the pre-draft process. Uh, I, I think they're going to have some opportunities to to do a lot of the things that can really help you I- improve your stock. So excited for both of these guys. Clearly, wish them the best. Yeah, I, I, the whole opt out thing is still frustrating to me. I understand it. I'm not stupid. I understand what's going on here. Those guys are going to the NFL, the, uh, the Alamo bowl and the grand scheme of things, I guess, doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Um, maybe it ends up being a good thing because you get to see some of the younger players get out there, get some experience, but I really miss the days where guys finish the whole season with their football team. Um, I'm guessing that's never coming back, but boy, Guyton and Rame, uh, the the offensive line for next season is going to be interesting. Transfer portal, some young guys. Um, you know, whenever you're replacing, I guess four out of five with what you started the year with, um, you know, that's that's difficult. But we'll see where we end up. I mean, both those guys, like I don't know that. I don't know we ever saw really the full potential from Tyler Guyton and Rame. It was definitely good to see him put a full season together where he's healthy and just not 
not laboring the entire year. He played he played some really good football, anchored that offensive line as you would expect. And, you know, we'll miss those guys, but that's the nature of the beast. You uh, you plug and play and move on. That's how it works in today's day and age of college football. The portal giveth and the portal taketh. Here's our uh, our portal report that is now a a staple of the podcast this time of the season. Dylan Gabriel has committed to Oregon. Just an awesome landing spot for DG. Uh, this is a guy that idolized Marcus Mariota growing up. So it's pretty awesome that he's going to be able to wear that jersey. And Oregon's going to be a really good football team next year. Dan Lanning's a hell of a football coach. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what it looks like for them as they enter the Big Ten. But I think we'll all be rooting hard for Dylan Gabriel and for the Oregon Ducks. It seems unlikely that the Sooners and the Ducks cross paths. Now, maybe in a 12-team college football playoff, that that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. But unless that happens, I feel like a bunch of OU fans, the, the Sooners are clearly top priority, but a bunch of OU fans are going to be rooting for Oregon next season. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good landing spot. Uh, they've got it rolling right now. Obviously going to be signing a big NIL deal. Um, now, their schedule if I remember correctly, is really tough. I think they have both Michigan and Ohio State next year and obviously some other tough games uh, sprinkled in as well. But I think it's an awesome spot for him. I think he'll do well there uh, offensively. You know, he's going to be he's going to be surrounded with some good pieces. I'm not exactly sure on their roster who's going to be back and who's not. But uh, with the way that they've recruited and done in the transfer portal, I would imagine he'll have a stock, uh, stacked offense around him. No doubt about that. And that Oregon offense, it, it, it's got some differences than Levy's system, but there's a lot of RPO stuff that DG's going to be comfortable operating in. Once he's able to get up to speed on the language or the mechanics of the offense, I think that the RPO decision-making component of that offense is going to be something that plays to his strengths. So we, we all saw the type of season Bo Nix had in that offense I think Gillen Gabriel is more than capable of having that type of season in, in that system so gonna be a lot of fun to see how he does next year and I think I speak for all of OU Nation all of Sooner Nation thank God it wasn't USC <laughs> I don't know if that was ever on the table even but just I'm very very glad we don't have to deal with that Ted no I agree I agree um yeah I I think it seems like a, a perfect place for him. A lot of folks thought he was going to end up out on the West Coast somewhere. Um, gets to follow one of his uh, childhood heroes and Marcus Mariota, which is really cool. All around, good offense, good defense, plenty of money, fun schedule, play some big, big-time football games. I think it's an absolute home run. And they open their season at Hawaii. So that's there you go. That's pretty awesome. I mean that I I don't know how how big of a factor that was in his decision, but pretty dang cool that they uh they open in Hawaii for Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule right now for next season. 
They've got Texas Tech in a non-conference game. They've got Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington on this schedule. So it is going to be a fun first season there in the Big Ten for the Ducks. Okay, more portal news. Kelvin Gilliam entered the portal. This is a guy that absolutely looks the part, has battled some injuries in his first couple seasons as a Sooner, and we we just never saw him find a consistent role on that defense. He he was thick in all the right places, man, looked the part. The thing I think that always stood out to me, just not a very, it's going to sound weird, but not a very natural mover. That makes sense. Like this, I don't know, everything felt very, robotic with him not a not as fluid of an athlete as you're looking for at at the interior defensive line position but gonna be interesting to see where he ends up but just never really saw him put it together ted yeah and that happens uh for you know a bunch of different reasons and you know like i always say you never know i if if you get in the portal and end up somewhere else and find yourself in a position where you're playing more football as a starter, as a rotational guy and getting more coaching and getting more confidence, you never know what, what player can, can show up, what, what they can pull out of you just with, you know, some different circumstances. Doesn't mean that it was bad here and you weren't coached well here and you weren't developed well here. It just means that, a change of scenery can can do some some good for some guys. Maybe there's a, a couple of different things in the scheme that they do, a couple of different ways that maybe they could use your different ideas. You just never know. I wish him the best. You know, he's a, like you said, good-looking athlete that has all of the measurables. If he could just maybe find that, that one thing to bring the rest out, it could be hell on wheels. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see where he ends up. And if he's able to put it together, right, the change of scenery can sometimes be really helpful. We'll see. Sooner's got a commitment from Spencer Brown, a a tackle from Michigan State, who will be transferring in. Chose OU over USC Ole Miss and many others. It's got a lot to do with the fact that he's 6'6 and 315 pounds, and it looks like he's got really long arms. So, if you are wondering, did you go watch every snap that he played against Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan? The answer is yes, of course I did. What else would I do, people? What else would I do on the weekend? I I went and watched every snap he played against the best competition that Michigan State played this season. And here are my notes. Plays both right tackle and left tackle. Looks better at right tackle to me. He moves well out of his stance, is fluid in his set, good timing with his punch, appears to have very good length, bends at the waist too often, which forces him to lunge, so he misses with his punch, drops his head, gets pulled as a result of bending at the waist, needs to improve his knee bend. I've never seen an offensive lineman change his stance more than he does. Stagger, width, 
the height of his stance, like how low he's it's I've never it's odd. There's I've never seen anything like it. That will get fixed. Guarantee you that. Uh, other notes would not call him polished uh, struggle. It, I, I can't tell. Does he struggle to anchor because he doesn't have great lower body strength or they're doing quite a bit of vertical setting at Michigan state. And he's just getting real, real deep in his vertical set. And the, the battle is not taking place fast enough for him. So a lot of the time he's just real deep and guys are just have a complete running head of steam to try to bolt through his soul. So that also will go away under beaten bow. But one of my notes is how strong is his lower body? Uh, the, the vertical setting component and the fact that I just don't know how much he, much he trusts his technique. He gets too turned at a point in his set right like almost turns his shoulders to the sidelines at some times and that creates a two-way go for a defensive end he gets beaten inside often when he does that my last note bill beanbow is going to change this young man's life <laughs> uh, the technique will improve the uh, the football iq which you can see he doesn't see a lot of when when teams are bringing pressure he doesn't anticipate the guy he's supposed to block slanting and angling like that's stuff that bill is very very good at teaching the offensive linemen so the tech the technique will improve the football iq will significantly elevate under beaten bow but let me make something very clear this guy is not going to be handed a starting offensive tackle spot he's going to have to earn it and you start thinking about the tackles for next season jacob sexton jake taylor who they they think tackle is his best position. Uh, you got Logan Howland. If he continues to add weight, they've been pretty impressed with what he's looked like so far. But yeah, it it he does he's not a plug and play guy. There is there's some work to be done here. Is is my evaluation of what I saw from him? Do you think that? Caden Green is going to stay at guard. I know I've asked you this a bunch. I think, but. With with both your tackles out, and I know they're trying to add some depth there, bringing in the Spencer Brown kid. But what do you think about Caden Green? Because that's where he was before they moved him in. I think that, and, and remember, they played him at exclusively left tackle, spring, spring ball training, training camp, and, and then bumped him in the guard when they felt like they really needed him there. And he ended up playing at a very high level for a true freshman. If I was Caden Green, I I think you have to realize, now you're going to do what's best for the football team. There's no doubt about it. But you got to realize you are a, you're a future high-round draft pick at guard, not at tackle. I want to play guard if I'm Caden Green. But I do think that they will they will have spring ball to decide if they feel good enough about their tackle situation to leave Caden at guard. I'm sure he will play some tackle during the spring, but if these other guys prove to beat and bow into the coaching staff that they can do it, then you, you want Caden green at guard. That is where he is going to succeed at the highest level. In my opinion, with his skill set. 
But if these other guys aren't playing at a high enough level, Bill will not hesitate to put him at tackle, probably left tackle, and then put Sexton over at right tackle. He, he will, if he doesn't feel like the other guys are playing up to a standard, he will not hesitate, in my opinion, to do that at all. So I think it's more about how do these other guys look in spring practice, Ted, because I, I don't yeah. think there's any debating. Caden Green's best position is, a, is guard. Okay, good. I like that. And we're going to be seeing some really good interior defensive linemen in the future. So, and we'll be seeing good edge guys too. I'm not saying that, but we need some size and physicality on the inside. And he was great. I got no problem with that. So I'm guessing some people heard my breakdown of Spencer Brown. They're like, well, that doesn't sound like it was very exciting. I want to make something clear. He's got all the physical tools you want for an offensive tackle. I trust Bill Beanbow to get him there. But he is not Walter Rouse. He was very polished, very technically sound coming out of Stanford. Now, limited athleticism, and he ended up being a really good player. Uh, Spencer Brown is not, he does not have the the tape that Walter Rouse had coming in to this year, he's going to have at OU. But that doesn't mean that Beanbow isn't going to get this guy where he needs to be. The physical tools are there. The raw materials, as I like to call them, are there. It's just going to take a little, some molding, if you will, Ted. Yeah, well, yeah. Because means- I saw people going, oh, the plug and play, he's, he's your starting right tackle. No, that guy... He's got to improve a lot to start for Bill Beanbell. I'm just telling you right now. What's the ceiling, you think? Can he be as good as Rouse was this year? I think so. Solid? I really, I think he can be a really, really solid player. He's got really good length. If the, the feet are just all over the place, man. The stance, the changes in the stance are insane. <laughs> Once again, I've never seen anything like it. That will all get corrected quickly under Bill. So one thing I don't know, I don't, I don't know how strong he is. You think about going and playing in the SEC, big boy football. And I know he was in the Big Ten. There's a lot of big, big boy football being played in the Big Ten. But I... It, I, w- I I do not know how strong his lower body is. If they can get him stronger, if Bill can get the technique right, there's no reason this guy can't be an effective starter at either tackle spot, in my opinion. That's good. That's good. And I hopefully it's a a situation where we've got depth and we've got competition and uh, they're going to bring the best out of each other over the next eight months or so. No, I'm, I'm with you. Last thing, transfer portal related, Des Malone transferring in from San Diego State. Committed to OU. I, I don't know. But we'll see. It's 10 days till signing day. So we'll, we'll, we'll see who ends up coming. But committed to OU on his social media, 6'2", 200-pound defensive back. Was honorable mention, all Mountain West. Uh, things got very thin 
at corner late in the season. So you're adding a veteran guy that's got good size and length. I love it. I got no idea if this guy is going to play significant snaps for the Sooners. We'll see. But can you really have too many 6'2", 200-pound defensive backs? No. No, you can't. And you're right. The corner spot is is one of the – it's – there's so everything's important, so it's hard to say, but we we need to improve at corner. We had stretches of excellent play, but we're so beat up that it was hard to really get a fair evaluation of what we had. Uh, obviously, losing Woody Washington, who was who was super consistent. Uh, Gentry Williams was great whenever he w- wasn't injured. Hopefully, you get some stability there from him, and then. If you can add some more size and physicality to corner, we're going to need it. We're going to be seeing some big wide receivers, some physical wide receivers, physical running game. We ask our corners to do quite a bit in the running game and in the bubble um, RPO stuff. So, yeah, size, physicality, you can never have enough in the secondary. And and who knows what his final spot is going to be. If, you know, with that size, you can play really – Safety, cheetah, corner, you can play everything. So um, at least size, experience, athletically, it looks like a good addition. We'll see what happens whenever they start playing football. Is he a football player? No doubt about it. All right, let's get to call your shot. Ask you guys the most important thing that happened this week for Oklahoma football. And this first one comes from Jeremy LaForce, who says... Most of the players leaving so far aren't major factors going forward. That leaves room for BV and company to add players that can compete in the SEC. I I think that is, when when you talk about the transfer portal side of things, Ted, it is, it's a very positive sign for Venables and that staff and the culture that they built that they're not losing starters to anyone. Right. And I wouldn't expect them to. They're going to the SEC. That that's the conference you want to play in. I but I do think that it is important that they're holding on to their key young guys. Right. So yeah. at least from what we've seen so far, things can change uh very quickly um in this day and age. But as of right now, I think that is a good positive. The more young guys that you can keep the better your development is, the better the culture of the program is. You're not just constantly replacing everyone. Um, that seems to be a good positive. And I think I think he's right in in the sense that it doesn't appear, at least other than Dylan Gabriel, that we've lost guys that you would think were going to be significant contributors moving forward. Um, now, the other end of that is just flat out not a guarantee. I expect Oklahoma to do well well in the transfer portal. They have in recent years. But I guess nothing's a guarantee, especially whenever you don't know what you're up against across the country NIL-wise and and what all's happening on that front. It's tough to know. But whenever you look at the amount of starters we've had previously, we better do good in the transfer portal because we don't have – much room i mean uh, we have some good young talent but we don't have enough good young talent to replace 
all of the spots that are going to be up on this football team next season. So transfer portal is going to have to be is it, they have to do well. I mean, that's yeah. I, a bunch of people have been asking me how you think we're going to do in the SEC next year. I have no idea because our rosters. I don't know. I would say we probably have offensively, defensively, eight starting spots to fill possibly with the transfer portal, right? Maybe more. So when you don't know your roster, it's hard to hard to know what you're going to do next season in a totally new conference. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I completely agree with your assessment there. All right, this other answer comes from Matt B., who says the extension of the Red River rivalry at the Cotton Bowl through 2036 historic rivalry staying where it belongs. Perfectly put that game belongs in the most chaotic place imaginable. And that is exactly where it's staying. (laughs) I, I, I know it's not perfect. It's not a perfect setup at the Cotton Bowl, but I think that is what makes OU Texas so special is the chaos of getting there of the stadium of all the, and they're putting some serious money into it. What a $140 million renovation to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. To me, uh, and I know, listen, inflation's a hell of a thing, but a $140 million renovation I, th- that's an incredible amount of money that should go, that should go a really long way, but I guess for whatever reason, I just don't have very high expectations for that $140 million. Uh, clearly <laughs> the renovations, uh, they're going to take some time. Stuff's not going to happen overnight, but saw what widening concourses, a little more space for everyone adding escalators. Uh, renovations to the concession stands, probably most importantly for a lot of people, renovations to the restrooms. That's been a big complaint for years and years there from OU and Texas fans. But the city of Dallas stepping up, they don't want to see that game go to Arlington. So they're they're doing what they have to do to keep one of, in my opinion, the best game in all of college football they're in Dallas. So I, especially now you add the SEC angle of everything. The SEC, that, that logo comes with a big price tag for the city of Dallas, yeah. apparently. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, um, I, I'm that, the, it shouldn't, that game should never be anywhere else. I think there's unanimous agreement on that. I think the $140 million in renovations is much needed. I think there's unanimous agreement in that. Hopefully the end product is better for everyone. I hope it is $140 million should make it that we'll see. We'll see, but still exciting. And now you get to continue to keep complaining about how chaotic that entire situation is that life wouldn't be the same. If you didn't have to go through that each and every year. I know. And 
I apologize for my skepticism in the $140 million renovations, <laughs> but you know, you just got to understand like, that game has been going on there forever and they've thrown money at it. And I don't know that it's ever gotten better. So I, that's just, I'm in a holding pattern until I see something real that makes it better. And, Maybe there is nothing that makes it better except for a gondola back to everyone's hotel from the game. If that's not the case, maybe you still just have total chaos. We'll see. I'm just <laughs> happy it stayed there. I love I, it. All right. It's time for some football guys talking basketball. The return yes, of FGTB. But first... Love's Travel Stops now has 49 RV stops conveniently located at Love's Travel Stops across the country. Love's RV Stops provide RV travelers with a safe, clean, well-maintained, and spacious place to stop on your journey. Whether you need a propane refill, RV dump, private shower, laundry facilities, or a dog park for your furry travel companion, you'll find that and more at Love's RV Stops. Visit lovesrvstops.com to research locations, check availability, and make a reservation for tonight or for months in advance. Visit lovesrvstops.com to make a reservation and find out why Loves is the heart of the highway. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. The land doctors have a 120-acre property for sale in East Norman, located just 10 minutes from campus. This completely wooded property sits at the intersection of East 120th Street and Tecumseh Road. If you're looking for a quiet place to go spend some time in the outdoors, or a nice little hunting spot in the outskirts of town, this place is for you. There are also development and business opportunities with this property as well. Call Colton Cole to schedule a private showing at 405-615-7645 or shoot him an email at colton at landdoctors.com. And celebrate with a Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coupe Ale Works. Named, named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coupe Ale Works. You can enjoy it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletics events, at the bar at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit SchoonerAle.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day all right fgt fgtb it's been a while fgtb football guys talking basketball let's start with some ou hoops nine and oh porter moser's crew nine and oh after they beat arkansas in tulsa there at the bok center 79 to 70 how about this ted this is fun how fun is this team to watch so many guys that can break guys down on the dribble and get to the basket. Just a another really impressive performance from this OU team. Yeah, really good. Fun to watch. Athletic. Um, multiple guys that can that can shoot it, fill it up, get to the rim, rebound. Um, you know, there's there's energy in the way they play. They're up and down the floor. I got nothing bad to say about them. Um, they look tough. They look uh, fairly deep they can get into the the bench a little bit and still still have some success uh but McCollum's the dude man he he's I love like I don't know what would you say his style the way he moves on the floor he has I think he's got a great feeling for space and finding uh you know open spots even whenever he doesn't have the basketball shoots the three has a really, really impressive handle. I, 
he's got the best handle that we've had on the team in a while, doesn't he? That yeah. you can remember? Oh, yeah. I yeah. He has been excellent. So I did, uh, I did radio on last Friday with King McClure, who was actually on the call for this game. He was doing color for ESPN for this game. And he said McCollum's the most impressive guard he's seen all season long. Not in the Big 12, in all of college basketball. I could see it. I mean, I... And when he said that, I I didn't say it out loud. You know, I'd have to... I have to remain pretty neutral over there on Big 12 radio for the most part, but it was one of those I was screaming internally like, yes, yes. I mean, it, it, when you watch basketball, really when you watch any sport, you can usually settle rather quickly on who's the best player on the court or on the field. And it feels like McCollum ends up being that guy pretty quickly that you look at and say, okay, he's the best guy on the floor today. Right. So far than in the games that we've played. I I completely agree with that. And you you look at the Arkansas win, they shot it pretty well. The the thing that really stands out to me compared to the teams that they've had the last couple of years, clearly the athleticism, but that goes hand in hand with their ability to get into the paint and to force defenses to rotate. And to adjust and to guys help off of other guys. They just, they have so many guys that can break a guy down and get into the paint and force defenses to react. Right. McCollum, Los Uzan is doing a great job. Owe, uh, Suarez, they, they all can, they all are comfortable handling, handling the basketball and can get into the paint and they can go score at the rim. What was it? 36 points in the paint against Arkansas, but it also it, it creates open shots for guys because the defense has to react to those guys getting into the paint. That was, they just didn't have guys that could do that the last couple seasons. They didn't have nope. the that level of athlete. Mm-mm. Nope. And, I mean, credit Porter Moser for, number one, being able to assemble this, this squad, and number two, as you pointed out, getting them to where they play they play really fluid ball together on both sides, offensively and defensively. It, it it looks like guys that have played multiple years together, and hopefully that continues, man. The schedule over the next couple of weeks is fantastic, and they're going to continue to get tested and, and see some good teams out there. And um, I don't know, man. I don't even know what to think. I'm cautiously optimistic. It feels like this is a really good team. What is that? What does a really good team mean in the Big 12? Sometimes I don't know, yeah, right? I, I don't know either, but I, I was impressed with how they handled every time it felt like Arkansas was going to make a run and make that game close in the second half. They just answered, right? And extended it back out to 15, 16. Uh, I thought that, that that was really impressive. The way that they finished the first half, you know, closing that half strong, that was really impressive. But maybe the best part about the entire game is they were beating him so bad that Eric Musselman felt the need that he had to freak out to try to fire his team up, and he got tossed in this game again. He is such a dumbass. <laughs> I, it's 
it's every time they play this game and they're getting ran out of the gym, I uh, he has to have some massive attention seeking. I it's so bad. It, it it's it's looks so pathetic to me. But whatever, you know. Does anyone even know what happened? No, that was funny. The broadcast they were like, I don't know what. What's he so mad about? What they were down fifteen at the time, so he's probably upset that they're getting worked. That's not fun, but they went to him at one point in the first half. There's probably five minutes or so left in the first half, and they cut to him on the sideline. And I was like, "Yeah, he clearly knows that he's going to get his ass beat today, and there's nothing he can do about it." Because he looked, he was just like scratching his head, and he was upset. So, yeah, it was. At least he kept his shirt on. That's. It's a great point. It's a win for everyone. Now, they've got when I I thought there was a ton of athleticism on the floor. OU's got better basketball players, though. Yeah, and that's it's going to be fun season, man. I I don't know what this team is capable of, but this is ex, this is as excited as I've been about OU basketball in a long time, and it's fun. So we're going to keep talking about it. It's going to be tough in league play. Big 12's a grind, man. But I think this team is, I think they're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So I hope so. I hope that's the case. We're going to play in a lot of good games. So hopefully we can win a majority of them. So there is, there's another basketball team in the state of Oklahoma that is playing at a high level. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Warriors 138-136 in overtime in an awesome game that I was at. Place was rocking. We're close to being back as a fan base. We're not quite there, but we're get we're getting real close to having the electricity we used to have inside that arena. It's hey, soon as football season is over, that's whenever it's going to start pouring in. Yeah, there's that that is that's the little nudge the rest of the people will need, and then we'll be operating at 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 a hundred percent there at Paycom Center. But shout out to Draymond Green, uh, awesome foul there on Chet Holmgren on the three point attempt. What was he doing? I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to not allow them to get up a three point shot so that they would only have two free throws. It was a three point game. I know what he was trying to do, but it was just it looked so bad. <laughs> I. And for a guy that, from all indications, is somewhat of a basketball genius type of guy, Draymond Green, that was that was about as dumb as it gets on a basketball floor in that situation. Now, clutch free throws from Chet to send that thing into overtime. And then he was awesome in overtime as well. But, yeah, thanks, Draymond. That was, uh, that was certainly a choice. Yeah, well... <sighs> I guess I I'm in I'm in the spot right now with the team where I feel like they're really good. It, which, you know, obviously you look at the record and everything. They're young. I feel like like some of the youth is still going to improve, but I don't I guess I don't know what to expect. Are they as good as where they are in the standings? Is that just kind of how things haven't settled yet? I Tell me where I should be right now. I, I think you should be the expectation for me now is for them to be a top five seed in the Western conference. Okay. 
and it it goes back to the to the point you made about McCollum. SGA, you know, night in and night out, you're you're probably going to have the best player on the floor if you're the Thunder. He was first team all league last year. He's first team all NBA last year. And he's even better now. He's playing much better in, on, on the defensive end. Steals aren't always a great indicator of the level of defense you're playing, but he leads the league in steals by a lot. So I, you got a ton of young talent around him. Chet has completely changed their team defensively with the way that he can protect the rim. Is the rebounding where you want it to be? Probably not, but it's a really good basketball team. If they stay healthy, dude, I I expect them to win a playoff series. That's where I'm at with yeah. this team. I expect them to win a first-round playoff series. Anything now, other than that is, is kind of just icing on the cake for me. Isn't that, is that built in a little bit when you're, you're talking about Chet? Like when you got a rim protector like that, it doesn't rebound almost always struggle a little bit because he's coming over to help at the last second. Is that kind of where that comes from? Yeah, and then you look at the rest of the team, just not a not a ton of size on the floor. Yeah. But and this is where you you look at that Golden State game. Normally, when you go five of twenty nine from three in the NBA, you lose. But the Thunder's good enough. Especially against the Warriors. Especially against a team where Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are still firing that thing from deep. But they were they're able to overcome a bad shooting night, and it's got a lot to do with SGA. Now, I think he took 30 shots, but he's so good, dude. He can get wherever he wants on the court. 38, 5 and 5. Jalen Williams. I don't know who said something to him, but that man, when he is taking it to the, when he goes and gets into the paint now, really good things happen. He's fantastic around the rim. I love when he's aggressive with the ball in his hands and he gets to the rack. Now he's not shooting it well. And I have a theory that he's shooting the ball with too much rotation. I can't prove that, but it's just a theory I'm working on. Hmm. But he had a really nice night against the Warriors. Chet was, you know, hit the three clutch free throws and then played great in overtime. He had the, he had the scream, Ted, on the and one, on the putback. The mom yeah. made pizza roll memes is back. That was like 10 years ago. It's awesome. That's where we're at. We're fired up. Let's oh, go. That's good. That's good. Oh, I love it. Well, hey, man, I, I, I guess I'm kind of in the same spot with both teams. Maybe I've got some some PTSD built in a little bit, but I'm cautiously optimistic. And from what my eyes see, which is not good at evaluating basketball, but from what my eyes see, uh, you said it with SGA, with McCollum, whenever you often, almost always, so far for OU, but SGA all year, have the best guy on the floor, you're going to have a really good chance. And the the guys that are surrounded both those players, especially for the Thunder, seem to be well-balanced, 
uh, like the skill set that you've got throughout your roster seems to be perfectly balanced to to make up for some efficiencies. You got athleticism, you got some size, you got some defensive guys. Like seems like they're really well built. And like if they want, I don't know what they're gonna do. They sit on a pile of really good draft picks if they want to make a move at the deadline and and some stuff like that. So I it looks really good, but the roster may not even be done for this season. No, I I completely agree. Uh, now, Which, not to get sidetracked, but is there a piece that you think they should go for by the trade deadline that maybe ties it all together? I I definitely think they need some more size in the front court. As good as Jalen Williams can be coming in and playing alongside Chet, he's just he's not a very big guy. When you think about, okay, who could they play in a playoff series? Lakers, Nuggets, whether you're talking about Jokic, Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis put on a damn show in the final of that in-season tournament. My goodness, he was excellent. But those are the types of teams you're going to have to beat in the playoffs. And is Chet by himself a great matchup with those guys? No. So... And that's something that has been discussed for a long time. I think the the timeline that Sam Presti probably had for this group, he's got to be double-checking that timeline. Yeah. Because this thing feels pretty open this season. Yeah. Don't don't stay patient too long. Exactly. And an opportunity. Yeah. Yes. There's like it's what we talked about this brief. There's like a transition phase. It feels like in the NBA right now, outside of Denver, but like kind of where is everyone else going to fall in the pecking order? Like some of the teams that you always just kind of had right in a certain spot, like may not be there, or it's going to be way more difficult for those teams to stay where they've been. Yeah, I I hear you, but I have three more observations from that game. Okay. Lou Dort bounces back from a bad ankle sprain faster than any human being alive. What about Trevor Lawrence? Uh, when I turn on red zone and Trevor Lawrence is playing, I'm going, wait, what? <laughs> no, I had no idea. I figured that guy was out for a month or something. And he looks but, pretty good. Yeah. But Lou Dort to, to bounce back the way that he did. And then to guard Steph Curry, the way that he did at the end of regulation in an overtime guy is a, I mean, what a stud. There's no doubt it would be very helpful if the Thunder starting unit could get off to better starts in some of these games. They are, it, it feels like they are not getting enough from the starting unit and they're falling behind early in quite a few games and just that that has to be better. And then this is this is something that dawned on me as I was watching Steph Curry. I am surprised. When I watch NBA basketball, the thing that surprises me the most on an NBA basketball floor is when Steph Curry shoots an open three and misses. And that may sound strange, but when he misses an open three, my reaction is, oh my God, he missed. Shea Gilgis-Alexander's mid-range jumper has now entered it, like that's the second most surprising thing 
in the NBA now is when SGA shoots a pull-up mid-range jump shot and doesn't hit it. When he well, does it, because he's so good in the mid-range, when he misses, I go, oh my God, he missed. It's like shocking. And the rest of the stands, when he misses a mid-range jumper, everyone's like, oh my gosh, what, what just happened there? That's crazy. Because he's so good in the mid-range. Well, so Steph Curry opened three misses, and now SGA pull-up mid-range jumper misses. Those are the two things that shock me the most when I'm watching NBA basketball. I, I bet whenever they play on the road, the big shock to everyone is that he even shoots a mid-range jumper. That's you don't even see that anywhere. anywhere this is allowed still. Wait a second. Was he in front of the three line? What's going on here? Pretty funny. The Oklahoma City Thunder, fourteen and seven. Currently the two seed in the West, three games behind Minnesota. Mm. They've got Jazz. They've got the Jazz on Monday night. I think that should be another win. So stay healthy. Will stay healthy. It's all about staying healthy for OU basketball and for the Thunder. But some good hoops being played in the state, man. FGTB could be a banner year for for a couple football guys talking basketball. I know, and we've needed it. We have needed it. So uh, it's back in a, in a big way. I love it. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first... John Vance Auto Group has a deal for Oklahoma Breakdown listeners. Go to any of their nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. Tell them we sent you, and they'll give you $500 off. That's $500 off just because you listen to this podcast. They've been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family-owned and operated. And no matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way. You can find all the information about their lifetime loyalty program, browse their entire inventory, and find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take control of your take back control of your total cost of risk. Jeez. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open to 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. And on December 12th, we can secure OKC as a big league city through 2050 and beyond by voting yes for a new arena. The Thunder has agreed to sign a lease through that date, and we can improve the fan experience all without a tax increase. When you vote, think about the thousands of jobs that depend on the activity at the arena, those working at restaurants, hotels, and all across our city. Vote yes on Tuesday, December 12th. Authorized and paid for by Keep OKC Big League 2023. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, I had to go to Army-Navy game and settle on Army because what a football game. 
get the goal line stop to win it late as in that frantic situation and also had the coolest uniforms I think I've ever seen them wear. The how sweet oh. is the name tag on the front? Is that, it was like, something I would never think is that cool. It was just awesome. It was incredible. And dude, I loved the all gold. I thought yeah. it looked awesome. And I loved because Navy was in the all blue. They were in the all gold. It was an incredibly aesthetically pleasing football game to watch. Now, you know how I feel about the triple option. Okay. We don't have to go down that road, <laughs> but just looking at it visually, it was beautiful, man. It was, it was absolutely beautiful, but you're right. Only, only an Academy can pull that off. Oh, you can't do that. Texas can't do that. Only an Academy can pull off the little name badge. I think that is correct. But man, I think they should try somehow. Like if you could make that work, it's just, it's, I don't know. And maybe you're right. Maybe it only looks good on a military academy because of like, I mean, it's just kind of the standard deal mimics the, their, your standard uniform. I don't know, but I thought when I first, first saw it, I thought it was one of the coolest things I'd seen a uh, great football game. Always the attendant, uh, you know, all the cadets out there is awesome. Saw Plank was there, which is really cool. Um, all, all in all, it's always a, a cool football game, and I love whenever it ends uh, in dramatic fashion like it has recently. That was awesome. I don't know if it can get any better than stuffing your rival on the last play of the game at the goal line to win I it know. for a defense. Does it, it can't get any better than that, right? Can we also point out, great stop by Army. Can we also point out trying to, the tush push from the two yard line is a little strange from Navy. What are we doing guys? Come on, midshipmen. That was the call. Yeah. I think they, I don't, I think they panicked and didn't have much time. Right. right. I don't, I don't know, but I, I guess the only thing better than ending a game that way is whenever you don't have to stop the celebration and check the review to make sure it was, uh, it was clean. Right. Other than that, that is the best way to end a football game. What is a, a hell of a hell of a tackle by that backer on the third down play out in the flat? Oh yeah, to force yep. that fourth down play. I mean, yep. how many times do we see earlier. that guy? How many times do we see that guy just run in the flat, wide open, catch a touchdown in college football, and to make that play in space to force the fourth down? Awesome play, money. That was beautiful. Um, I don't know. All all in all, just a, a an awesome day. Fantastic uniforms, good football, some drama, storm in the field. It was great. Loved it. A plus. We got to go to that game at some point. Yeah, that's a that's a bucket list game for uh, for later in life. But def- definitely got to got to go to that one. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? I had to go with the Blue Jays. Uh, I guess they felt like they were going to get Otani and I don't know, maybe they're happy. They did now whenever they see what the Dodgers paid, but um, it was crazy. All the rumors flying around where he was going. Is he on a plane to, to Toronto? All of that stuff happening. And then boom, announced with the Dodgers 10 years, $700 million. Incredible. That's a lot of money. 
I, I loved how everyone was saying Drake posted a picture on his Instagram of him in an Otani jersey. He's going to Toronto. <laughs> He's on a plane. I I never thought he was going to be a Toronto Blue Jay, but it was pretty fun to talk about while that lasted. $700 million. Mm. Is it crazy that it feels about right? I, it's the first time I've seen a contract like that and wasn't just disgusted and felt like it's way too much. And are they idiots? What are they doing? I thought, huh, I actually thought it may have been more than that, but still a huge number. Yeah. It's, and the guy's coming off the surgery, right? That's the other thing that's, that's wild is there is. There's, I mean, and I know that it tends to be really successful these days, but there's still a big amount of unknown in there. But they know he can still rake, so yeah. they don't care. And it is, you know, it's it's clearly a it's a baseball decision for the Dodgers, but it's also a business decision. They are going to market the absolute hell out of him the the Dodgers are going to be Japan's team now if I had to guess mm-hmm. I bet they'll go play games over there I bet you they are going to lean into that hard to grow there's a lot of people in Japan there are a lot of Otani fans over there and I think LA I think the Dodgers are looking at that set situation going we are going to become the major league baseball team for every Japanese person out there yeah I I, I think that's that's how they probably justify the seven hundred million dollar price tag. Probably make that up in a television contract overseas. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know how all of that works, but yeah, I mean you're right. Japan like I think Tokyo's the biggest city in the world. Um you know, and baseball is the number one sport over there. I mean, it would be like gosh, I don't even know. I don't even it, it's hard to even really compare what it would be like the number one football player in America going to play overseas somewhere and, you know, still being able to draw on all of the fanfare from, from where that player's from. It's, it's pretty incredible. And I can't even imagine how much he makes in endorsement deals. It's gotta be huge. It's probably most of it's probably overseas. It's gotta be a massive amount of money he makes in that as well. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. And now he is he's just going to be more marketable now that he's a Dodger instead of an Angel. Just yeah. it's just the truth. So it is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it unfolds and who's got their Triple A team, baby? Ah, that's a good that's point. That's right. Couple of rehab starts? Maybe a rehab starter too from Otani here in Oklahoma Let's City. Go. You kidding me? God, would that place sell out for that? Yes. You would think so. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. It, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. We can dream. We can dream. But, God, yeah. He, hit a, he would hit a bomb over the freaking parking garage in left field. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But anytime you got Patrick Mahomes and everyone tweeting about your contract, it's got to be a good feeling. Otani's got to look at that and go, yeah, what's up, boys? Hey, kids, 
play baseball. That's it's nuts. And I don't know how it's all structured. They said it's probably makes 40 or 50 million a year. And it's got like a big portion of it. That's deferred till after the contract, which is a brilliant way to do it. If you're, uh, if you're Otani to make it work and to stretch that income over a, a longer period of time, which nothing wrong with that. He doesn't need 70 million each year. I guess, I guess he can get by with 40 or 50 every year. <laughs> Fine. Well, he, Not, once you add on the 30 or 40, he makes from endorsements overseas, then he can get by. Yeah. Gosh, good for him. He's so fun to watch. He is. He, he's the like reason very, I've watched more baseball. Honestly, he's agree. Awesome. And he and he seems like I, I guess you never know, but he seems like a like a very cool, like down to earth, enjoys playing the game. Like wants to go play the game. They keep telling him not to play, and he's out there anyways. So you love to see that. Yeah. Congratulations, Otani. Awesome. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first. Elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that will give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And First Fidelity Bank knows how to keep fans like you happy. With more than 50 awards in the last five years, including Forbes Best in State Bank, the Oklahomans Community Choice Awards, and the Journal Records Reader Rankings, it is clear that they are Oklahoma's number one pick for quality banking. And you can find that level of outstanding service in everything FFB offers. Open an account at an award-winning bank today at ffb.com. First Fidelity Bank, we go where you go. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org financial aid is available and head to opolisclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there that's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED T-E-D for 10% off that's opolisclothing.com and use promo code TED for 10% off buttery soft and 10% off my winner of the weekend Mr. Jaden Daniels his highlight reel is unbelievable. <laughs> I know it is. Oh my gosh. As it as they were playing that, I was going, yeah, he totally deserves the win. My goodness. Uh, ends up winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, that highlight reel they played was just insane. He was he was fantastic for LSU. He may have not had that quote Heisman moment, but guy's a damn good football player and it wasn't his fault that his defense sucked i he is an extremely deserving winner of the heisman trophy and clearly a smart guy uh number one suit game was on point not too complicated kept it relatively simple with the three-piece gray jewelry looked good everything looked good 
crisp. No, nothing like super high fashion-y or anything. It just looked good, man. It looked good. And then in the speech, he thanked God first, and then the next person he thanked, the next people he thanked was his offensive line. <laughs> I, I, I can't ask for anything more from a quarterback. What a, what a brilliant young man. I, I thought his speech was really well done. Uh, thanked everyone from his time at Arizona State, his time at LSU. Uh, did a hell of a job to keep his composure and not cry. Like It looked like he was on the brink a couple times, but kept it together. Uh, speech wasn't too short. Speech wasn't too long. Just I thought it was flawless execution for Jaden Daniels, and there, there's no doubt that guy deserved that trophy. That uh, that highlight reel was a great reminder of just what a ridiculous season he's had this year. Yeah, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy good. And you know he's got some decent size to him as well. And, you know, you, you just start to think about how how he translates to the NFL, and and yeah, he's 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 incredible. He'll be fine in the NFL. Um, yeah, he was awesome. It's just it's a shock that LSU, who for most of my life has always been great everywhere except quarterback and the last time they had a quarterback that was great and tied it all together they beat the hell out of everyone in college football so it's weird to see that they have the Heisman Trophy winner and for whatever reason they've fallen off in a lot of the other spots you know it's like defensively you used to say LSU's always going to be loaded on the D-line loaded in the secondary backers like be able to pretty much check every box so that's kind of the curious thing out of all of this is lsu had a player like that and we're nine and three how's that possible he had the highest passer rating in fbs history and he also led the country in yards per rush his and they went nine and three yeah his passer rating which by the way uh, I think I think it was Bo Nix that was number two, or maybe it was Penix that was number two. Penix finished second. Bo Nix finished third. Um, well, I'm talking about in the QBR or the oh, oh yeah. I, I don't remember who was number two, but uh, Jaden Daniels was like two twenty something, and the person that was number two was like one eighty something. That was how much difference his passer rating was. It was incredible. He is. He's awesome to watch. And still, guy can run. Guy can really spin it. But for whatever reason, there is also no one in college football that gets blown up more than him when he gets blown up. It's, and I don't know why I find, why I find it so entertaining, but when he gets blasted, it is, it's worse than anyone else in college football getting blasted. It's, I, it's also fun to watch somehow. So dramatic. It's like it's like a video game. That's yeah. exactly it's what it is. You're watching the in at the next level, you know. Yeah. And those guys obviously uh, often are are scared of that because of the money it costs. But it's a different level. You get you expose yourself like that. At the next, uh, you know, against some of those defensive players, but he'll be fine. He's the fifth transfer to win the Heisman Trophy in the past seven years. 
which is just pretty crazy. There's so much QB movement. Now you look at the three leading vote getters, Daniels, Penix, Knicks, all transfer quarterbacks. Just interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I know still, you hate it, but I. Well, I don't. It's not that I hate it. I don't. Necessarily it's just strange. It. It's like strange that that is such a trend. It's strange, and I don't know. Like obviously, Oklahoma has been a huge beneficiary of the transfer portal. Like I'm, I, I'm not arguing that. I just, I don't know if it's good for college football or in even for the vast majority of players in college football quarterbacks kind of a different story, but I don't know. We'll see how it continues to unfold. Yeah. We'll see my loser of the weekend, the PGA tour. Ooh. Mm. A lot of golf talk this weekend and none of it's good for the PGA tour. John Rom getting what I can only imagine is just an insane amount of money. Maybe Otani-esque to go or to leave the PGA Tour for Live Golf. And when you look at it from the PGA Tour standpoint, they are losing arguably the best player in the world. He's 29. Clearly a ton of... His best golf is still ahead of him. Guy is, what, at the start of his prime? He's the defending Masters champ, and you're losing him to your partner, competitor. I don't even know how to describe the situation in pro golf right now. Ted, what the hell is going on? But I know John Rahm is leaving for live, and I guarantee you it is for a battle stack of cash. Yeah, it's interesting. It feels kind of like the PGA Tour in the live golf situation, really what it feels like has happened is the, the 14 playoff in college football. I essentially made everything else irrelevant, all the bowls, everything. And I know they're still cool to go to, but all of the focus is the playoff. And I feel like, when live golf started and you know, you kind of have a split of players. It feels like live golf tour is not worth watching. PGA tour is not worth watching. The only thing worth watching is the majors. When, when all of your top talent in the world is, is going to be in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And that's what makes Rom's situation interesting. Remember, they came out and said, hey, Liv, we're not counting it towards world golf rankings. Now, maybe that'll change. But I don't think John Rom really cares. He won the Masters. If you win, you get to play in it for forever. He has a 10-year exemption in the U.S. Open because he won it. He's got five-year exemptions for the PGA Championship and the Open Championship. He's in every major for the next five years. So I don't think he's really worried about, like you're saying, like, I don't think he's really worried about the other tournaments. Yeah. And I I don't know. And 
I don't know what the ratings say or what, you know, people watching and following says, but I, I really what what's what's happened is I think the PGA really figured out they're not nearly as strong as they thought they were whenever Tiger Woods was officially done and no one was waiting around anymore and no one's waiting to see if he's where he's going to finish in a major, if he's going to make a couple of appearances, like as soon as that whole thing ended, they, they realized like we were way more tied to one guy than we ever imagined. I, I know this now that John Rom's in it, we're probably going to watch more live golf. I love John Rom. If you can find it, where what's their TV deal now? Is it has it gotten better? I I don't have I haven't read anything. Will it be on the CW again? I don't know how long their initial deal was, what the terms of that deal were. I I would assume Live Golf wants to renegotiate now that John Rahm is in the picture. But yeah, I we'll see what type of needle mover Rom is for Live Golf when it comes to viewership. But I understand it from his side. He turned down the money the first time. PGA Tour probably went to him and said, do the right thing. You know, this is about legacy, all that stuff. And then they went behind all those guys' backs and did the deal. So, Rom, you got another opportunity and looked at it, went, yeah, I'm doing it this time. Yeah, can't blame him. A bank account. It's gonna be real happy when those when those direct deposits start hitting. It, they may have already hit. It may have been a lump sum payment, right? But personally, i I have run into John Rom the last four years every January out in Hawaii because he's out there playing. He, he's preparing to play that first. PGA Tour tournament over there at Kapalua. My John Rom interactions may maybe no more. Mm. It was fun while last. I'll miss you, John. I'll miss you. Yeah. He, maybe I know everyone feels really bad for me. I know that was a very relatable statement. I, well, I listen. I understand what I just said. People, Leave me I'm alone. sure John Rom loves Hawaii in January. Also, he'll he'll probably be there. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> he da- he danced with my son at a New Year's party last year. He's a really nice dude. I, I really enjoyed him. But well, there you go. I think he he made an easy choice. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when presented with whatever offer it ended up being, but not a good weekend for the PGA mm. Tour. Birthday shoutouts. Welcome to the world, Kalani Joe. Happy 23rd birthday to Seth Anderson, and congrats on getting accepted to PT school. Nice. Happy 34th birthday to Ruby Garcia. Happy 57th birthday to Kirk Small. Happy 59th birthday to Ed the Ice Sooner. And happy birthday to Brolin Rayburn. And happy birthday and happy anniversary to Janelle Russell Pendergraft. Nice. nice. On that note, episode 378 in the books. 
We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have an awesome start to your week. And then until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Oh, and go vote yes on Tuesday if you're able. Go do it. There you Need go. Need to pass, people. Let's go. All right. Love you guys. Just one more time